0: In a brazen move never before seen in academia, the University of Southern California functionally seized control of UCSD's Alzheimer's research program. The departure of a key researcher and the dissolution of several contracts left a lasting scar at UCSD. But this week, the school scored a legal victory. USC now has to pay $50 million to UCSD and formally apologize. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton. And this is your San Diego News Fix. Reporters Gary Robbins and Bradley Fikes, you've been covering this story since 2015. Gary, generally, give us the history of what happened between these two schools.
1: Well, this is about money, it's about ego, it's about standing in American science. USC wants to become better in uh, science. They want to be higher up. They're nowhere near UC San Diego when it comes to scientific rankings. So USC came down to San Diego. They tried to buy the Scripps Research Institute. They failed after the faculty uh, raised an upraising. And then uh, USC turns its ascensions to a big Alzheimer's research program at UC San Diego. What happened basically was the guy that was running it, he was was discontent himself, and he turned to USC and said, you know, I think we can take this program over. So this guy, Paul Eisen, begins to work with USC, and they put together a plan about literally taking the program away from UC San Diego, taking away hundreds of millions of dollars, contracts all over the country. Um, San Diego found out about it, and Mm -hmm. they reacted pretty strongly. They filed a lawsuit against um, uh, USC, and that's been going on for the four years, and it was really only settled this week.
0: And this all happens at a strange time in which there is a great need for research in Alzheimer's. So it does seem strange that this kind of political maneuvering happened. Bradley, why
2: don't you explain what's at stake here? Well, the stake is the lives of millions of Americans who are gradually fated to get Alzheimer's and die rather unpleasant deaths unless some way can be found to stop or reverse the brain deterioration which this disease causes. And
0: uh, when do you kind of explain, Gary, the impact of this research and kind of where they were going before all this drama happened?
1: Well, uh, both schools are looking for therapeutics. Um, As you know, there are not good treatments for Alzheimer's disease. The disease is not well understood. Clinical trials that have been held in recent years basically haven't, um, haven't worked. Both universities, like all universities, know that if they're the university that develops a drug that does work, it will be worth untold sums to them in perpetuity Uh, you know there's great fame and great money to come from that now most of the people these schools really actually aren't working that goal they want to help people Um, but both schools are big ones Uh, they're big research schools they want to go even larger so when usc encroached on uc san diego's uh, alzheimer's program then naturally there was a big fight
0: and just how unprecedented was this action
1: Schools uh, in America fight all the time over intellectual property, people moving between schools, research programs, but it was the depth of what happened here. This research program at UC San Diego had been there since 1991. They ran a program which ran programs around the country. So, in other words, UCSD would say, all right, we're going to enlist all these schools to do clinical trials. We're going to get everybody together. We'll manage them. And they were doing that and doing a great many clinical trials. And USC saw that and thought, we want that. And they got in there, and by various ways, they kind of stole the program out from under UC San Diego in La Jolla.
0: And Bradley, is there a sense of how much research was delayed
2: in this old drama, or did things go smoothly? I don't know if any was really delayed that long. There was certainly concern by researchers that their data might be compromised. There was a concern that the information to get into the uh, Amazon Web Service had been taken by uh, Dr. Azen over to USC, and people were locked out. That caused a great deal of grief. To my knowledge, though, there was no research that was compromised, but the mere potential of it really uh, caused, I'm sure, a lot of heartburn to researchers.
1: Yeah, but it could have slowed down research. So. USC, UC San Diego had been running all these programs. USC comes in. There's a fight that slows the process down. When you do that, that means that some people who would have wanted to have been part of these trials say, well, I guess I won't be part of it. I don't know what they're doing. They seem to be fighting. Things don't look good. So it makes it harder to recruit people for drug trials, and it's already very hard to recruit so Bradley's right, but in slowing down something... Yeah, we, we we
2: don't have any real good numbers as to how many people were turned away, but it didn't look good for, for universities that are supposedly trying to help sick people.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like they're viewing it like how you would view trading a star uh, member of a basketball team or something like that, as opposed to something that has a direct impact on humans' lives? Uh,
1: the guy behind this, Dr. Paul Aizen, is seen as a star researcher. You know, the university wanted to keep him. He was helping to bring in money. Things were moving along, but Eisen was not happy with the way he was being treated at UC San Diego. He didn't feel like they were moving along enough, uh, investing the right things. So their star became unhappy. And he said, all right, I'm leaving my team for USC. And the court documents say that he approached USC and said, listen, help me. We can take over this program. And they did. And in the process, uh, the university, UC San Diego, lost around 30, 90, $93 million in contracts. They really were clocked in all this. That went to USC. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since that time... Uh, UC San Diego has rebounded. They said they've brought in about $50 million over the past five years. They've got good people going. They have nine clinical trials going. But still, they stopped things, and there was chaos and bad feelings, and they disrupted research for years.
0: Certainly, and it does kind of set a strange tone, but USC has apologized. Why don't you explain what that really means?
1: Well, that appears to come out of the court settlement. So UC San Diego sues USC saying, hey, you have no right to come in and take our data, take our people, take our process. Uh, And they eventually won on that. And it appears that one of the things they negotiated was an apology from USC, uh, where USC said, you know, we didn't use the right ethics and right standards to do things like that. It might sound bland to the average person, but in academia, this is a humiliating thing for a university to, re- uh, to do. They're admitting that they had poor behavior, uh, particularly when it came to research.
2: And USC has had poor behavior a number of times in the past with uh, various scandals, so this is coming on top of that.
1: Right. This is only the latest. They were involved in the college uh, admission scandal. They were involved in some of their deans being fired, thrown out, and one arrested. So over the past couple of years, there's been one scandal after another with USC, and this is just the latest.
0: So do you think this is at some point a turning point for USC?
1: Boy, that is so hard to know. If you'd ask me about UC San Diego, I might know, but USC is up there. What we know is that they really still do want to have a good um, institute um, because they want to go up and uh, be really big in this area. And they're, they're essentially trying to acquire things by one way or another, like you would acquire a player. Um, I'm not sure how well they can do it. They offended Scripps Research Institute when they first approached them uh, God, about five years ago. That went really yeah. badly. Things went badly with UC San Diego. So it's not clear to me where UC, uh, where the University of, of uh, Southern California can acquire an existing research institute. They may just simply have to build one of their own, which would take time and cost a lot of money.
2: They would need to recruit individuals, you right. know, focus on that. And and they've done a fairly good job of that, especially they've recruited from UCLA. Right. Uh, so getting individuals is one thing. They can promise some money and resources to say you can have the equipment to do what you want, but acquiring whole programs has proven to be more problematic. Yeah, it's certainly
0: strange, but also we're dealing with people with very, very specific skill sets. So this kind of abuse is kind of ripe in a sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, If UC San Diego had paid more attention to its own program this might not have happened. The university itself says, you know, we didn't pay quite as much attention to this as we should have, and they got caught flat-footed. They, they got someone who was just tired of it, and he said, fine, I'm taking my toys and going elsewhere. By toys, we mean the data that was coming in from all over the country, and mm-hmm. clinical trials, and access to the data, and the clinical trials that were, that were being run, so it was very damaging.
2: And the one thing is that San Diego does have a, UC, a USC presence with the Alzheimer's Research, Alzheimer's Therapeutic Research Institute, which uh, is in Sereno Valley, I believe. So they have people there, and they're working on clinical trials right in San Diego.
1: So USC put up a beachhead, so to speak, in San Diego, but they don't have a large beachhead. Mm-hmm. They, they want one.
0: So after all of this, and after reading the court documents, are either school or academia in general establishing safeguards that can prevent this kind of thing from happening? Uh,
1: it's clear that UC San Diego is establishing safeguards to protect their data so that there are no more interlopers. Uh, I don't know that things get any better. You know, when we're, we're talking ultimately about people's health, but we're also talking about money and prestige. That's what's at stake here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as money and prestige of professors involved there's probably going to be problems, because there has always been problems.
0: Yeah, it's the the human element of science that could easily lead us astray, in a sense. And, uh, Bradley, uh, your, your focus is on biology. Why don't you give us an overview of the kind of trials that are
2: going on with Alzheimer's research, which is something that is very difficult for us to truly understand. They have a number of drugs that are being tried to try to interrupt the disease process or prevent it. There are various types of toxic protein deposits called amyloid or tau that get into the brain and appear to be involved in the disease. However, removing these deposits don't appear to help the symptoms. The thinking now was that Alzheimer's begins many, many years ago, and by the time you get symptoms, it might be too late. So they're trying to intervene earlier and earlier, and they can detect the signs of these deposits with imaging and they're trying to stop it before it begins. And when dealing with
0: patients who have mental decline, does that complicate the research process as like
2: their legal rights aren't the same as a regular patient in a trial? Well, for uh, after a certain point, they're going to have to have someone watch over them. And of course, the hope would be that they will not decline with good treatment, so they would never need to have someone taking over for them But that is the course of the disease is that at some point you will lose the ability to manage yourself and somebody has to do so. But if you don't find an effective drug, that's going to happen anyway and nobody will be cured or prevented of getting this disease. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: Gary, after seeing all these machinations and in a sense political movements of the university, what lingering questions do you have about this ongoing scandal?
1: Well, we were talking about whether USC actually is apologetic. They, they, they sent out an apology, but it was a carefully crafted uh, legal kind of statement with a lot of legal tone into it. It wasn't the kind of apology someone might give you if they did you wrong, you know, where, where was that tone to it, that heartfeltness. It was a crafted legal response. Um, so they may just have done that to get done with the lawsuit, and they're paying, I don't know whether to call it a fine or not, $50 million dollars. That sounds like a lot of money, but um, USC had access to gain more grants, so they probably brought in a lot more in grants than they paid in fines. So it may not have hurt them that much. Whether it hurts their, what, it may, what it may do ultimately is continue to hurt their reputation in San Diego. Will the San, you know, will the San Diego research community not want to work with USC because they've had this fight at the Scripps Research Institute and now at UC San Diego? seems like every time USC comes here, there's a fight. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's not a good thing.
0: Certainly. And this may have a chilling effect in which it'll take a while for this scar to truly heal.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's really the bad side because you need people to collaborate to make the discoveries, to bring the drugs and, and save people's lives.
2: Uh, sick people need help. And I hope these universities keep that in the forefront of the mind because if they don't help them, then they're failing an essential mission. All right. Gary Robbins. Bradley Fikes, thanks to both of you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: In other news, the Big Bay Boom will be back. The extravaganza is set to begin at 8 p.m. on Independence Day. There's plenty of places to view the show along the San Diego Bay. For full details on where to watch and other things to do, go to uniontrib.com/fireworks. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. soon you can check out Larger Than Life, a new podcast from our sister newspaper, the Los Angeles Times. It's about Big Willie Robinson, a six-foot-six muscle-bound street racer who preached peace a quarter mile at a time. Cops and criminals, movie stars and miscreants, even Crips and Bloods, out on the drag strip. Big Willie could get them all to see eye to eye. Coming July 9th. Until next time.